Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. Now, y'all know y'all might as well stand up. I don't even know why y'all sitting there. Quit playing. Stand up. Shama, y'all know I'm not going to be before you long. Y'all know y'all can pretty much set y'all watch to how long this is going to take by now. Shy, y'all know we're going straight in, and we're going to get through this real quick, right? All right, so our scripture is coming from Matthew Shama, the fourth chapter. We're reading verses one through four. Como Sha. So Matthew, the fourth chapter, it's up. We're going to go ahead and get started. My, 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 my. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, shot. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Ah, my shake. Gracious Father, Lord, we thank you, hallelujah, Lord, for your word. We thank you for you being present and for you doing all things well. We thank you for what you're going to do in this place, for the confidence that you're going to instill in us, that we continue to hold on to your word and do that which is pleasing in your eyesight. Lord, we thank you that you are our buffer. You are the one that covers us. You are our shield. You are our protection. You are our peace. You are our God. And we give you honor. Shama. We give you glory. And we give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may all be seated. I've got one more um, scripture that I want to read. It's in 1 John. It's the second chapter. And I want to read 15 through 17. And it's up there. I guess I should put on my glasses so I can do it. Say. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But for all, that is in, for, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, ha, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Shama. All right, so the title of this message is No New Tricks. Ha, I guess I should keep my glasses on a little bit longer. We are mature enough to know what is written. So I'm going to do what's called a little fireside chat. I'm going to come down here. I'm going to talk a little bit. Ha. And we're going to talk about the tempter. We're going to talk about the fact that he has no new tricks. Everything he's done, he's done from the beginning. And for those of you that don't believe it, if you go to Genesis, the third chapter, and you read one through six, you will find out the same things he did in the Garden of Eden it's the same thing he did with Jesus Christ when he was at, the, at Gethsemane. It's the same things. Nothing different. Literally, in Genesis, he went to Eve and asked her, did God not say you can eat of every tree? He came with the first thing was the pride, lust of the eye. He started out with looking at what was there. So she immediately said, no, we can't touch it. We can't eat it. Because if we do, we'll surely die. So... We get the pleasant, she says it's pleasant, it's pleasant. She's looking at this thing, she's like, it's one to be desired. So we got lust of the eye, we got lust of the flesh, and then it's one to make you wise. That's the pride of life. Same test, nothing new. 
Everything he's ever done has been the same. He keeps coming with the same thing, same test, never doing anything different. Now, for us, it may feel different because my temptation may not necessarily be your temptation. So for some people, I don't know, for me, I'm going to give you my temptation because, you know, that's just me right now. My temptation this week has been, well, this is a brand new week. He has started this morning, was literally what God said and having to go over in my mind what God said. And as God began to deal with me, I already know what's written. Hence, we are mature enough to know what is written. We've had enough experience, no matter where you are in your walk with God, you've had enough experience with God that you already know what is written for the test that you're in right now, for the temptation that you're dealing with right now. Now, as you grow in God and mature in God, God will give you more word, and you'll grow in word, and you'll learn, and your temptations will get greater. But in each situation that you have, you will have enough word to get through it. In the Garden of Eden, Eve had enough word to overcome her temptation. All she had to do was not eat. Simple, right? Because that was the word she was given, was don't eat. Now, granted, she got it secondhand. She got it from Adam, and somehow there was a touch not added in there. But the gist of it was don't eat it. So she already had enough word. So in my, my temptation today, I had enough word to know what God had already said. His promises, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, yes. they didn't change. Just because I was going through something this morning did not change what God said. He ain't going nowhere. So I'm not missing out on anything. So with Eve, she was tricked into believing that she was going to miss out on something, that God was withholding something from her. But she didn't realize that she had everything that she needed. She had dominion over everything. Her and Adam knew everything. Adam named every single animal in the garden. I mean, the man knew everything. The only thing they didn't know was evil. That's the one thing they didn't need to know. And so many times in our lives, that's the thing that we don't need to know. But that's the very thing that Satan wants us to know. Because if we know evil, then we know him. And we build a relationship with him when our relationship is supposed to be with God. You following me? Okay, so... As I'm going through this and God is dealing with me and I'm reading the information and he just breaks down his word and he starts talking about how Jesus was taken up on the pinnacle. He was taken to the very top. And up there he's told that if you worship me. Now in Luke it talks about that this was all given to me. Satan's bold. This is all given to me. I've got all power and I give it to whoever I want. Okay, y'all, that's pride of life right there. I'm going to give you what's mine. But the problem was... It was Jesus. So how you going to give Jesus what already belonged to him? That sounds stupid, right? But it's the same thing for us. God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He already gave it to us. It's already in ours. Not only do we already have what God said, if there's anything else that we think we're missing, God is well able to give it. But Satan will convince us, because we don't have it in front of us right now, that God is withholding something from us. He's not that kind of God. Now, you may not be in a position right now to receive the things of God because some things you got to mature for. Some things you probably don't want. You think you want it, but it probably isn't the best thing for you, at least not right now. But either way, it's not that God is being mean and doesn't want you to have it and wants to mistreat you and wants to bless everybody around you, believe you unblessed. It's not like that. But that's how Satan comes because he wants to go ahead and get you with the pride of life. He wants to hit you real quick with lust of the flesh, 
lust of the eye, because I see what everybody else has got going on in their life, and I want that too. Man, that's just the lust of the eye. That's all that is. Same trick. It's not changing. It's the same trick. But when we recognize those things, then we do things a little bit differently. Because what did Jesus do? He said, it is written. He went back to the Word. For every single temptation, everything that came to him, he went back to the Word. He told Satan, you, you basically want me to worship you? Nah. I'm to worship the Lord only. That's the only one we're supposed to worship. So when we start looking at the things that will make us feel better, make our lives better, make us feel proud, make us feel wise, you're basically trying to say, I'm going to worship myself instead of worship God. And really what you're doing is not worshiping you, it's worshiping Satan. Not what you want to do. Because that's the whole plan. The whole trick is not to convince you that you're great. It's to convince you that he is great. God's whole purpose for you to recognize that he is the great one. There is nobody greater than him. Whereas Satan would like you to put him on the same level. And even convince yourself to put yourself up there, make yourself a guy. Because, you know, I'm not going to worship Satan. I got the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to worship Satan. But there's only two that you can worship. You're either worshiping God or you're worshiping Satan. That's it. That's it. There, there's no in between. Now, Satan will convince you that it puts you in this spot and your ideals and your thoughts, your feelings, and how you see the situation and what you think things should be becomes a God, but it really isn't about the God you created. It's about worshiping the true and living God or worshiping Satan. And that's it. No in-betweens. There's no, there's no, we like to say there's a gray area. It's black and white. You either worship God or you don't. And if you don't, you're worshiping Satan. Simple, right? We know that intellectually. But when the test come, when the temptation comes, we're sitting there wondering about it. We talk about, well, I'm having mind battles and different things like that. But what really needs to be said is I'm discouraged because I don't have what I want. And I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about that, and I'm getting angry, and I'm getting frustrated, and I'm feeling like God is withholding something from me. That's what he did in the garden. The whole plan is to get you to go against what God said. If you hold on to what God said, if I hold on to what God says, if we hold on to what God says, we're going to see what God promised every time. So y'all know every one of these messages has something to do with some experience in my life. So right now, I just, I love Janae's testimony. Her testimony was beautiful about how God has allowed her education to get paid for. So I testified that I wasn't going back to school no more. I didn't care what. I wasn't learning no more. I was done with learning. But then an opportunity opened up. I'm going to need you to get that together. <laughs> an opportunity opened up for me to go back to school again. And this opportunity, the best opportunity I could possibly want, because somebody else is going to pay for it. That's what makes it the best. Um, when it would finish, I would end up with a national certification that would allow me to be a principal anywhere in the country. That sounds good, right? Yeah, but I can't do it. I got accepted, though. I got accepted. My job would pay for it. But then my doctor said uh, I wasn't cognitively of, capable of doing the work. Now, we know I got a doctor, right? So that don't even sound right, right? Well, but the issue is the car accident did something. And one of the things it did was affect my ability to read and write. And sometimes speak. 
God's moving me along. Don't worry. Don't feel sorry for me. God is helping me because y'all, I'm talking right now. Y'all hear me? I'm talking. It's clear. But it ain't always like that, but it's going to be all like, always like that. Because the same God that healed me of lupus and gave me back my memory then, the same God that brought me to this point is the same God that's going to bring me through this. So I got a little discouraged when they said I couldn't do it. And my flesh really rose up because I was like, how are you going to tell me I'm not smart enough to do it? Because that's what I interpreted it to be. And I had help because I have an adversary that said, you ain't smart enough to do it. That's why they're saying you can't do it. And that didn't sound right. But I went with it for a second. Okay, maybe a couple days. And I was just like, whoa, it's me. Lord, this isn't fair. You, for the first time, you paying for something for me to do. And I really want to do this. Not really because I want to do no work. I'm like, Armand, I don't really want to go to school. But I did want to go to school to get the certificate. I just didn't want to do any of the work. I, I'm, I wanted something for nothing. Y'all, don't judge me because some of y'all feel the same way I do. I wanted something for nothing. But I was willing to go through the journey. Well, in the midst of all of that, God blessed that had to tell the people I wasn't going to do it. They called me a week later and said, hey, are you going to do this program? We really want you to do it. I said, well, I sent the letter saying I can't do it. My doctor says I can't do it. And honestly, I don't believe I can do it right now. They say by April I should be back to normal. That's only a few weeks away. Yeah, I'm good to go. But they said I should be back to normal in April, and then I'll be able to do whatever it is I want to do, but I can't do it right now. I said, but can y'all do me a favor and consider me next year? I'll fill out the application, go through the process. The lady said, uh, no, we're not doing that. She said, what we're going to do is delay your enrollment. You're not going to go through the process again. We're just going to move you over to acceptance. And then when it's time for the next cohort, you're just going to walk in. I said, wow, Lord, thank you. I was, I was, I was super excited about it. Then they called me a week later. <laughs> And she asked me the same question. I felt like it was me asking the questions because I'm like, didn't I have this question before? And she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You are the same lady. She said, I'm sorry. It didn't get moved over. She said, I put the notes in and they disappeared. I'm like, man, this is like something I wrote. They disappeared. I said, okay. And she goes on. She says, what I want you to do is I want you to send your email again saying that you would like to be considered. She said, because I'm going to push it through. So, Lord's will, I'll do that next week. I got to wait, y'all. I got to wait. I got to be able to write it out right. So, I'm going to pray and let the Lord give me the words, and then I'll send it. But the thing about it is, it's delayed. My adversary basically made it sound like it was denied. Was trying to convince me that God was withholding something from me. He wasn't holding it from me. He just made me wait. Because, honestly, right now, I couldn't do it. If I tried, I would miserably fail. And I would get frustrated, and I would give up, and I wouldn't do it. And then God wouldn't get any glory out of that. So what he did was just make me wait until I'm more mature up here, that I'm ready to tackle the, the assignments. Because, I mean, writing a paper is nothing. I got an English degree. I can write sometimes. I can write, <laughs> maybe. I'm, okay, occasionally I can write. But enough to be able to get this program done. So... My flesh, with the help of my adversary, who convinced me, and he did. I'm not going to pretend he didn't. He convinced me that I couldn't do it because God was trying to keep it from me. But that wasn't the truth. And if he would have been successful, if he would have triumphed, he would have had me angry at God. Like, God is my enemy. 
my enemy was trying to make God my enemy. That don't even make sense. But it was almost working. But I know what is written. We know what's written. Because even in this test, I had enough word. Because I said reading and writing is a struggle. But that doesn't mean I'm not reading. It just takes me a little longer than most. I read a little small amounts now. I read more often. But I read in small chunks. Because I'm breaking it down in small chunks. But because God loves me like that, and he loves you like that, the word that you have, that word that you've been reading over and over again, that God keeps dealing with you about, the situations in your life, that is enough word to get you through your temptation. You just have to use it. You have to know what is written. Because I literally had to say, that's not true. God promised me. He's ordered my steps. He's determined what my future holds. You don't get to decide what my future is. You don't even know what God has for me. And honestly, I don't know everything. But I know that it's not to withhold those things for me that he's ordained for me to have. What he's promised me, I'm going to get. The things that he said that I will see, I will see it. We got to stand on what God has promised. His word is full of the promises for our lives. And he puts it for us to read it and see it and know it. Because when we know what is written, just like Jesus, when we know what's written, we can combat our tempter with the word. And just as Jesus, the temptation went away for a season. My sister said it best. It came back. It comes back. But you overcome. You get to overcome again because you're more than a conqueror. Is that right, Lay? You're more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. We're more than conquerors. And because we are, we are able to defeat our enemy simply by knowing what is written. All right, I'm done with the fireside chat. God bless you. All right, so it's time for the altar call. Your opportunity, my opportunity, our opportunity to come before God. And to defeat the things that have been defeating us because we forgot what was written. It's our opportunity to come before God, one, to repent and ask God to forgive us for forgetting. Because sometimes things get heavy and we forget. But we can repent. That's the beautiful thing about it. God gave us a space to repent. And we can repent before God and we can allow God to help us to be able to overcome using what he has given us, his word. And our confidence in who God is and what his word says. So this is the opportunity to come down to the altar and receive what you need from God. First and foremost, salvation. Because no matter what, if you haven't repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, the tempter is not leaving you for a season. He's going to stick with you and ride you until he destroys you. But if you come to God while you have this opportunity, God will get him off of you so that you can grow in his word so you can be able to fight in your season. This is your opportunity to allow God to change your entire life. So many times we don't understand. And I'm going to say this because when I was in my sins, I did not understand what salvation was. I saw people praising God and I saw people shout. I saw people go to church and I had to go to church and I had to read the word in Sunday school. That's the only time I did because I was in Sunday school. But I had to go and it wasn't my choice. I'm so glad they didn't leave it up to me as my choice. That they made me go so that I could learn of God, even though I kicked and screamed. But it wasn't until that word 
begin to deal with me, the God of my salvation that began to deal with me, that I recognized that I needed salvation. When I saw myself as a sinner, a sinner that was on his way to hell, I was going with no breaks. There was nothing to stop me. There was nothing to get in the way. I was on my way full-fledged. But when God began to deal with me, and he began to cause his word to come forth, and he began to speak into my situations, my sinful situations, he brought me out. And when he did, I came running. I really did because I was dying. Most people don't know when they're dying. I knew I was dying. So I came running, and because of God's grace and mercy, he allowed me to repent. He drew me and gave me the Holy Ghost. He allowed me to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with his spirit. With the evidence of speaking of the tongues as the spirit of God gave the utterance. And y'all didn't heard my testimony. God healed me a little bit. Y'all know that. But the thing about it is before he could get me there, I had to realize that I was a sinner. Because honestly, I didn't think I was. I felt like I was a good person. <laughs> horrible, but I felt like I was a good person. We have such a strange image of ourselves. I was horrible. But I had convinced myself, I had help, I had an adversary, who convinced me that God loved me and he wouldn't allow me to go to hell. Don't believe the lie. This opportunity is available. Come get what God has for you. And if there's no one that's coming, stand to your feet and let's pray. Let's remember the souls that are in this place, the souls that want to be in this place, the souls that are watching this service even right now. Y'all remember me. Because... For real, this word still has to stand. Even when I leave here, this word still has to stand. Messiah, gracious Father, Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, we thank you for how you're changing lives, how you're causing us to recognize that we are in need of a Savior, that our souls need you. Even when we don't understand, we still need you. Shama, help us to come to a place where we apply your word to our lives.